It's our Impact Wrestling Slammiversary 2020 preview and prediction show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. You know, I got to tell you, when this show gets a chance to do something that is a little off the reservation when it comes to topics in pro wrestling uh, that we cover, we mostly cover WWE on this show. We do also talk AEW, uh, but with the current state of things in the world, we've mostly been sticking with WWE and our TDT's classic series in which we can go and watch on the network some classic rivalries. Uh, it's not that we've not been paying attention to go what goes on in AEW and WWE on a weekly basis. We just did our preview and prediction show for the Horror Show at Extreme Rules 2020. You can check out that episode in our archives. That was episode 116. This is a bonus episode, though, for Impact Wrestling's Slammiversary. Uh, you can consider this the equivalent of like their Royal Rumble show. Uh, Bound for Glory is considered their WrestleMania. Uh, so Slammiversary is probably considered their Royal Rumble. It is one of their two big pay-per-views that they do every year, or most every year. Um, of course, it's their anniversary show. So they do take a lot of pride in it. A lot of big events have happened at Slammiversaries. Um, and this year is supposed to be no no different when it comes to the types of things that may happen on this show. So again, Impact Wrestling, Slammiversary 2020. Before we go any further, it is just Boss Ross flying solo. The J-Man is uh, traveling today, and uh, he'll be back with everybody for the review show for the horror show at Extreme Rules 2020. And then, of course, uh, he'll be with us going forward on the rest of the episodes. You can check out this episode and every other episode on uh, on the uh, places where you can find the show. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and the Anchor app. You can check out this show's Instagram page, the Double Turn Podcast, on Instagram, the one and only JMan19, Ross the Robots85. That is our Instagram pages. Uh, send us ideas, send us questions, send us topics. We do polls every once in a while. We talk wrestling pretty much all the time. We're pretty much uh, wrestling fans at the core of it. And uh, this is no different because Impact Wrestling, it is taking place, of course, tomorrow. So I'm recording this on a Friday. It is taking place on Saturday, July the 18th. So hopefully I will have this up for your listening pleasure before you watch the show. If you are planning on watching the show, it is the 16th event in the Slammiversary chronology. So that means the Slammiversary has been around since 2005. Most of their shows that they've done here have been in Orlando, Florida at the Impact Zone. Uh, I believe last year's was in Dallas, Texas. That was the Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard match that ended in Sammy Callahan beating her, which then set up the rest of the feud in which Tessa Blanchard ended up beating Sammy Callahan for the Impact World title, as Callahan would end up beating Brian Cage for that title 
Cage on that show ended up defeating the debuting Michael Elgin, who had just come in. Very good match. That was at last year's Slammiversary. So those were the two headlining matches last year. Brian Cage, who, of course, is now in All Elite Wrestling. Michael Elgin, who is currently unemployed. Tessa Blanchard, who is also currently unemployed. I'll get to that. And uh, Sammy Callahan, who's had a very interesting last 730 days, if my math is correctly, last two years have been uh, very interesting for Sammy Callahan. I don't know if I would consider it all good, um, but it has been interesting for him. He went from the top of the mountain to I don't know where. I don't know. For any of you, for any Sammy Callahan fans out there, which I am, um, I just don't know what they're doing with him. So we'll get to Sammy Callahan in a second. This event is taking place at Skyway Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. That is the equivalent of WWE at the Performance Center and in Orlando and AEW in Jacksonville. It is their home base during the uh, current pandemic that we are in. So they are doing all of their shows at uh, Skyway Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. They've done every recording there since Rebellion happened which Rebellion happened in April of this past year. So they've been there since April. So really only the last couple of months have they been uh, there as uh, they stopped doing everything they were doing and centralized themselves there. This show has seven announced matches as the go-home show was on Tuesday. So it's a little easier to cover impact shows here because all the matches have been announced. There is one thing, actually, I take that back. There are actually two things that are supposed to be happening um, that are to be determined for the Slammiversary show. The Rascals do not have opponents in their tag team match. The Rascals being Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier. They, as of right now, do not have tag team opponents. I have a guess as to who it's going to be, but we'll get to that match once I talk about it. And uh, as of right now, there's still a mystery opponent in the Fatal 4-Way for the vacant Impact World Championship uh, in which Tessa Blanchard is no longer the champion because she no longer works for the company because she no-showed a taping in which she was supposed to cut promos. And look, I get it. There's things that are more important than your job right now going on. Um, but if you agree to show up to do something and then you no-show, I don't feel bad for you. Um, so Tessa Blanchard, no longer in the company, no longer the Impact World Champion. Michael Elgin was supposed to be in this match. He and Sammy Callahan had a fight. And uh, Michael Elgin has, has since left the company. He has stripped all of his uh, notions from his Instagram, talking about him being a pro wrestler. He's just focusing on being a dad. Uh, so it went from being a fatal five-way to a fatal four-way, and there's a mystery opponent for the world title match, which we'll get to. So this show has seven matches, and we're just going to get into it. I actually will start with the tag team match, the Rascals versus To Be Determined as their uh, as their opponents. 
Uh, my guess for their tag team op uh, opponents will be Team XXXL, AC Romero and Larry D. Um, they had a really good showing on one of the Impact tapings recently. Um, they're two very big guys. It would be a complete contrast in styles. Why not? Put them on pay-per-view. So I'm going to say uh, XXXL, which is Larry D and AC Romero, will take on the Rascals. And uh, I'm going to say they're going to win because it makes sense to uh, push guys that you want to push. And the Rascals have kind of been lost for a little while because ever since they have kind of been mixed up with the fact that Trey, who was part of that group, Trey Miguel, has been feuding with Ace Austin. Um, they're not really the same. I realize it, it just, it is what it is. I, I, I think they're a little lost I think that team might not be long for this world, but I will say that I'm not saying I love XXXL, but I do think they're going to be the mystery opponents, and I think they're going to pick up a win. So that is who I'm going to pick to win this tag team match. We then move on to the gauntlet for the gold match to determine the number one contender for the Impact Knockouts championship i'm going to list a lot of names so here we go alicia edwards havoc kiera hogan kimberly kylie ray i always screw up her name i believe it's nevia madison rain rosemary Susie, tasha steels and taya valkyrie so realistically it's if you think Jordan Grace is retaining the knockouts title, then you're probably going to pick one person for this match. And if you think Deanna Perrazzo is beating her for the knockouts title, you're picking somebody else. So, of course, Jordan Grace is a babyface. So, who? I mean, there are, there are a lot of different directions you can go. A lot of different directions you could go. I know they've been pushing Kira Hogan pretty strong. I know that even though Taya Valkyrie has not been super pushed for a while now, I mean, she's always still in the mix. Um, and quite frankly, well, let's just put it this way. I don't – these matches are always hard to predict. They're always hard to predict because there's so much going on. There's so many different outcomes that could happen. And realistically, you have to – you have to decide who you're pushing. And – I could see there being a total surprise in this match. Um, I've always, I've always really liked Rosemary. Um, I know that there are a couple of other people that they could go with. Um, I think they're going to go with Kylie Ray. Um, I think down the road we could see a Kylie Ray versus Deanna Perrazzo match. I think that would work. I don't know if they're ready to take the belt off of Jordan Grace. I think that has worked for them. 
Um, Jordan Grace has been the champion for at least a couple of months. Let me look here. Jordan Grace has been the champion since the impact in Mexico City on January the 18th. So she's been the champion for seven months. Um, so I am going to say Kylie Ray is going to win this match. And uh, the other problem with this match is what are the rules, right? So Gauntlet for the Gold is supposed to be a battle royal in which it's an over-the-top battle royal and then the last two competitors have a wrestling match, right? Okay, that's fine. It's, it's, it's different. I'm not going to say it's better, but at least they've stuck with that style for their gauntlet match. So instead of having a battle royal or a Royal Rumble type of match, they combine the elements of a battle royal, Royal Rumble, and then say, okay, if you survive this long, now you have a match, and the winner of the match wins, instead of there being this back and forth of the last two people just trying to throw each other off or over the top rope, which I'm fine with. It's okay when it's done right. So if you're going to make me pick, you know what? I'm going to say Kylie Ray goes up against Taya and then beats her. That would make sense. So Kylie Ray picks up the win. She takes down Taya Valkyrie. She gets a big win over Taya and then faces the winner of the Knockouts Championship match. That makes sense to me. So I'm going to go with Kylie Ray for the gauntlet for the gold match to be the number one contender for the Impact Knockouts Championship. We've got Moose versus Tommy Dreamer. It is an old school rules match for the unsanctioned TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Now, for those of you that do not know, Moose, who is awesome, Moose won a match in which he walked away with the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. So this was night two of Rebellion, which happened in April, right? So Moose faced Michael Elgin and Hernandez in a triple threat match. It was supposed to be... I believe it was supposed to be, let's see, uh, let's see, defeating Michael in place of Tessa Blanchard. So I believe Moose replaced Tessa Blanchard and beat Michael Elgin and Hernandez and crowned himself the TNA World Championship because Tessa still had the title. So even though it was a title match, it really wasn't a title match. It's all very confusing. So basically, Moose is walking around thinking he's the champion, which he won a match for the Impact World Championship, but there was no belt because the champion hadn't given the belt back. So Moose is the TNA World Champion, but he's not really the champion because it's not a real belt. 
because they only have one world champion right now. Got that? Yeah. So so that's the storyline, is that Moose, as the heel, that's why this is so stupid. The heel actually has a really good point. He won a match for the world title. Why is he not the champion? Why is he not in the match for the Impact World Championship? Why didn't they make it a fatal five-way to have Moose in the match? I don't know what their plan is. I don't. I really don't. Um, Moose has been feuding. He, he feuded with Ken Shamrock. Now he's feuding with Tommy Dreamer. I don't know what they're doing. I do know that Moose is really good. He's really good. He was a, he was a damn good baby face. He's been an excellent heel. And say what you want. I mean, Moose has gotten exponentially better year by year. You know, I don't know if I'd ever call him the most improved wrestler of any one year because there have been some real stars that have emerged the last few years. But Moose has been a solid player for the second-tier wrestling company in an era where there's a lot of turnover and they need as much consistency as they can get. So it's an unsanctioned match. I mean, could they have Tommy Dreamer win the TNA world title and then retire it? They could do that. I still think if you're going to go this far with this thing of Moose having a belt that he won, but it doesn't exist, you might as well just have him at some point merge the belt and have him walk around with two belts when he wins. That would make sense to me if you're deciding to do that. So I'm going to say Moose is going to beat Tommy Dreamer in an old-school rules match. So, uh, I'm under the impression that an old-school rules match is a no-DQ match or a no-rules match or, you know, no-holds-barred or whatever the case may be. I don't know what it's going to be, but I do know that I had very low expectations for Moose versus Ken Shamrock. I have very low expectations for this match. So I'm just going to say Moose wins and I move on with my life. Willie Mack versus Chris Bay for the X Division Championship. Now, those of you that do not know, Willie Mack has very odd charisma. It works, but it's very odd. Like he's not a he's not a super big guy. He 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 is actually pretty athletic for his size, but he beat Ace Austin. So so Ace Austin won at Bound for Glory in the intergender ladder match that included Daga Tessa Blanchard and uh, A.C. Romero for the X Division title with Jake Crist. Jake Crist was also in the match. So Ace Austin became the X Division champion. Held the belt for about six months. Now Ace Austin's got a chance to uh, become the Impact World Champion. So they took the belt off of him in April. Willie Mack won at Rebellion, in which he had a, he had a one-on-one match against Ace Austin. 
Chris Bay is a hell of an athlete. He is. And I think he's got a big future with this company if they just keep building him. I think this will be a good match for both guys. I think it's a good test for both guys. Um, And I think this will prove to help Willie Mack in the short term and help Chris Bay in the long term. What I mean by that is I think that Willie Mack will win the match, retain the title as my Braun Strowman ringtone goes off. And Chris Bay will have a hell of an effort, but lose. So I will pick, I will pick Willie Mack to retain his X division championship. I just don't think it's time for him to lose it. They just don't. It's been a hell of a show. Hell of a show. Uh, we now move to probably my most fearful match of the evening because you have something that I love and cherish against something that I 99.9% of the time hate and wrestling does all the time. However, I'm going to stick with my guns on it and just look at it objectively. The North... One of the top five best tag teams in all of wrestling, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, all ego, Ethan Page, and the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, versus Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan for the Impact Tag Team Championships. Now, Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan, they're a bit of an odd couple. The North stabilizing force not only in tag team wrestling in this company but pretty much in all of wrestling so if we go with the current theme of where wrestling's going of course the established tag team's gonna lose but i'm not gonna pick that i'm just not just not so let me tell you something about the impact tag team titles these guys these guys have been the champions since July 5th of 2019 when they beat the outgoing Latin American Exchange Ortiz and Santana who would now be known as uh, Proud and Powerful or part of the Inner Circle those guys yeah they left to join a group now known as the Inner Circle in a company called AEW. Yeah, the North beat those guys at uh, Bash at the Brewery, which was uh, the last event that uh, LAX was uh, trans- er, was contracted for. Actually, no, I think they had a return match, and if they lost, they would uh, leave Impact Wrestling forever, which they were leaving anyway. So the North have been the champions for 374 days. What an accomplishment. Let me tell you something right now. They are the longest reigning TNA or Impact tag team champions of all time. In this case, it would be Impact because before they were the Impact World Tag Team titles, they were the NWA World Tag Team titles. 
Wow, I just looked. It was Team 3D, then it was Samoa Joe by himself, then it was Kurt Angle by himself, then it was Kurt Angle and Sting for two weeks, then it was Adam Pac-Man Jones and Ron the Truth Killings for a month, and then Styles and Tomko won, and then there was the Kaz, and okay, I'm already depressed. Good Lord. TNA for all of its faults, for all of the bad things that are said about it, that is a perfect example of why tag team wrestling was never taken seriously until, like, Beer Money won it in August of 08. I'm sorry. I could go on. I could do multiple episodes about TNA or Impact, all the good, all the bad. I could go on. But I will say that I do think the North are retaining. Uh I'm really dreading, dreading the possibility that the North are going to lose this match. Um, I love Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. I think they both have bright futures as single stars. Um, But, and I will reference a team that I mentioned earlier, Beer Money, everybody wanted them to break up. America's Most Wanted, which was another team that James Storm was a part of, with Chris Harris, or as WWE fans would come to know him, Braden Walker. Yes, that guy was one of the most successful tag team wrestlers in the history of TNA. That's saying something. So, nevertheless, they wanted to break up James Storm and Bobby Roode for like two years, and they waited. And they were patient. And then they finally did it. And they made Bobby Roode a huge star. James Storm could have been and should have been a bigger star than he became. But the plan was to get them both over. So if they do break that team up, they need to be patient with it. And until then, they need to be one of, if not the most dominant tag team in Impact Wrestling and one of the most dominant tag teams in all of pro wrestling. So they need to keep them together. As I mentioned before, Ken Shamrock has been wrestling like Moose and random people like when Joey Ryan was still with the company and Johnny Swinger and some other weird stuff. And Sammy Callahan went from being the baddest man on the planet and one of the best heels in wrestling to the ICU guy. I don't get it. And by the way, the ICU gimmick they were doing before WWE was doing their internet stalker gimmick, which then they dropped because Mustafa Ali was taken off of SmackDown and moved to Raw, and they just... That whole... Like, Ali got screwed, Dolph got screwed, even though he has a world title match at Extreme Rules. Uh, The gals got screwed, Mandy and Sonya got screwed... Otis got screwed. Like, that whole storyline blew up, like, six career trajectories in the short term. It's crazy. But I just don't see the point of putting the tag team titles on Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. It just doesn't make any sense, and that's why the North are going to retain. I'm sticking to my guns. I will be so upset if the North lose these titles. In fact, I'll be pissed, legitimately pissed, if they lose pissed so they better not do it the north are retaining their impact tag team titles 
Jordan Grace is defending her Impact Knockouts Championship against Deanna Perrazzo. Yes, Deanna Perrazzo, the former WWE star with NXT. She's also wrestled for uh, Ring of Honor and a couple of other promotions. But, uh, yeah, she was in Ring of Honor until, like, 2018, and then she was also making some sporadic appearances for TNA through, like, 2017. Um, she was with some other – I forget what the other one was, but um, she was in NXT from about 2018. Um, I think she was working in Shimmer for a while. Um, she was with the Rosebuds uh, with, with Adam Rose. Remember that? That was, like, 2014. Um so, whew. I mean, she worked hard in NXT, and then she was released from WWE after debuting on the main roster in April, and Nia Jax beat her, and then um, she, was, she was released. She was released like a week later or 10 days later. Everybody's like, why did Deanna Perrazzo get fired? They just called her up. Well, uh, she was not happy. So as far as I know, it was mutual. But if somebody wants to correct me, that's fine. Um, TNA slash Impact has a very bad habit of doing this, which is they bring in a new star most of the time from WWE or NXT, they push them to the moon and then there's nowhere for them to go. So, Deanna Perrazzo, who's actually been pretty decent since she's came in because she showed up on the May 26th, 2020 episode of Impact. Uh, by the way, her, uh, her, uh, her moniker is the Virtuosa of the knockouts division in which, uh, you know, she's, she's going after Jordan grace, the big baby face in the knockouts division. Um, her Fujiwara armbar is not bad. I mean, it's not great, but it's not bad. And, uh, she's trying to get over being a, a top heel in this company because the steam on Taya Valkyrie is a bit less there were also rumors that she was going to WWE. I don't know if that's still true. So they do need to build some heels in that knockout division. Um, do I think it's time for Deanna Perrazzo to beat her and become the Impact Knockout Champion? It's possible. It would make more sense to do a Deanna Perrazzo versus Kylie Ray feud in which Kylie Ray has to chase the title. Um, Jordan Grace's title run has been okay. I wouldn't call it great. She's been the champion since January. Um, perhaps it's time to really shake up that division. I wouldn't call it deep, but they do have a lot of budding talent in their roster. Um, I don't really know who's going to come out of that as the leader. But because I picked Kylie Ray, I feel almost pigeonholed to say, I think we're going to have a new Impact Knockouts champion, and I think it's going to be Deanna Perrazzo. I think they have decided that she is a blue-chip prospect, 
I think they've decided that WWE made a major mistake not pushing her and not treating her at that level. And I think they're just going to put the belt on her and see where it goes and see if they can't make another big-time heel for the knockouts division. So, and again, Jordan Grace has been the champion for seven months. Sometimes just being the champion for a long time doesn't mean that you've really done much with it. I mean, Jordan Grace is a hell of an athlete, but I just I just don't know if there's anywhere more for her to go other than chase again or do something different again. I just don't know. Um, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll put her in the Tessa role where, where she'll start wrestling the guys. I have my thoughts about intergender wrestling. I don't like it, nor do I ever like it. It rarely works, in my opinion. And to me, there's not a place for it in wrestling. That's my opinion. That's the way I think. But I just don't know if there's anywhere else for her to go other than do some other program and do something else. Because her being the champion, I don't know if that's the right move going forward. So I'll pick Deanna Perrazzo. I'll pick her to put Jordan Grace and the Fujiwara armbar and make her tap out and set up Kylie Ray versus Deanna Perrazzo. So that's who I'm picking to be the new Impact Knockouts champion, Deanna Perrazzo. And finally, yes, finally we are here. It is the fatal four-way match for the vacant Impact World Championship. Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards, Trey, and a mystery opponent for the vacant Impact World Championship. Now, rumors have pointed to the fact that EC3 is coming back and he is going to be the mystery opponent for the Impact World title match in the Fatal 4-Way. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting, actually. Um, for those of you that do not know, this was Derek Bateman, who then went to... He, he was in NXT. He left. TNA signed him. They gave him the gimmick, Ethan Carter III. He was Dixie Carter's nephew. And he was with uh, Rockstar Spud, or as most people would know him now as Drake Maverick. Technically, Dixie Carter is still a minority owner of this company. Anthem owns like 90, 95% of it. Dixie Carter owns like 5 to 10% of the company or something like that. So it would work. I don't know if it will parlay into Dixie Carter being a television character again. Um, say what you want. Part of me thinks it will work because it worked with the EC3 character before. Um, so part of me thinks, well, if you're bringing this guy in, you might as well just make him your world champion again um, because it worked. However, that character needs a crowd to feed off of. Of course, you could say that about pretty much everybody else. Um, but I'm going to have the safe play here because if it's not EC3, I'm going to look like a total jackass, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be. And that would make another interesting wrinkle to the Impact Wrestling World title scene and the Impact, or the Impact roster 
to have EC3 back. That is a major player. Um, and right now, they need, they need you know, name recognition. They need... I realize EC3 did not become a star in WWE, and it took one Raw to pigeonhole him as just a joke in WWE, and that's unfortunate. Um, but in Impact, I think he could be a player. So... I'll say he's in the match, but I'll say he won't win. Um, there's some major shakeup going on here with Impact Wrestling. And the reality is, I do think Michael Elgin was scheduled to win this match and become their new world champion. I think the Tessa Blanchard thing completely caught them off guard. I think the Michael Elgin thing also completely caught them off guard. And I genuinely think they are ready to go in a completely different direction when it comes to the world title. And that's why I'm picking Ace Austin to become your new Impact World Champion. Um, pretty much ever since he has been a major player for this company, um, he has hit home runs with everything he's done. So uh, Ace Austin came from, yes... CZW, <laughs> the federation known famous from Zandig, of course. Um, he's also been with MLW. He was with Dreamers House of Hardcore. He was also in World Extreme Wrestling. He was also in, um, did he work for AAA? He worked for uh, Lucha Libre Worldwide. So, um, Yes, AAA. There you go. He worked in AAA. I had to make sure that was the company. So he's he's worked everywhere. Um, so he debuted in March of 2019, and they have just pushed him to the top because that summer was the Eddie Edwards feud with Alicia Edwards, and that was him becoming the X Division champion. And then he was feuding with Tessa Blanchard. I mean, they have put the rocket ship on this kid. And he is he has come up aces every time to 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 coin a phrase. He's come up aces with everything he's done. So the next logical step, as the cards have been laid out, I know it's a terrible pun. I'm sorry. He's gotta be their next world champion. I'm not saying you need to make it for six months. I'm not saying you need to make it as like this long-term initial project. But I do think it needs to happen. And I think it needs to happen at this show. So I'm going to pick Ace Austin to be the new Impact World Champion. This guy's been in the business for five years years five years he's 23 sky's the limit for this kid it's unbelievable he's gonna be he's gonna be tremendous tremendous so and you know what i just thought of something and i'm gonna change my pick i know who the mystery opponents are gonna be for uh, the rascals it's gonna be uh it's gonna be anderson and gallows why not have them come in and just beat them? Yeah, that makes total sense, actually. So I'm changing my pick. Not XXXL, not uh, Larry D and AC Romero. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that uh, Gallows and Anderson are going to be the mystery team. I totally spaced it. 
And then I thought when I was doing my errands in the car today, because it's Friday, now I have my weekend, that, uh, yeah, Gallows and Anderson are not signed and they're not going to AEW. I think they're legitimately going to uh, impact and they're going to be baby faces and they can be the ones to beat the North and then they can have a nice little feud. It all works out. So there's, there's the changing of my pick. So here's a recap. I have Gallows and Anderson debuting at this show, defeating the Rascals in a tag team match. I have Kylie Ray winning the gauntlet for the gold match to become the number one contender for the Impact Knockouts Championship. I have Moose retaining his TNA World Heavyweight Championship over Tommy Dreamer. I have the North retaining their Impact Tag Team titles over Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. I have Willie Mack retaining his X Division Championship against Chris Bay. I have Deanna Perrazzo becoming the new Impact Knockouts Champion. And I have Ace Austin becoming the new Impact World Champion. That is going to do it for your Slammiversary 2020 preview and prediction show. This event is Saturday. I will do a review show likely on Sunday, hopefully to have that for you on Monday. If not, we will release it at the same time as our review show for the horror show at Extreme Rules 2020. That show is on Sunday. We will do our review show next Thursday. So this has been fun talking about uh, impact for the first time in a while. That's for sure. Hopefully I'll be able to do more of these because I do enjoy them. And I do stick uh, around for the product. And for those of you that haven't checked out Impact in a while, check it out again. I know AEW and WWE is running the roost, and they should. Um, But as a second-tier company, Impact's doing some really good things. And uh, even though they don't have as massive of a network as uh, WWE does, they do have a streaming service that I've been told is very good. If you want to watch old TNA stuff, Um, There is a gap in some of the programming. I think it's during the Hogan-Bischoff years, uh, and that's possibly because they don't have the rights to it, Um, which is weird because maybe, like, Hogan has – I don't know. But there was a gap in some of the programming. So I think it's, like, around 2011 for some reason. Anyway, um, they have a really good streaming service. If you go check them out, um, do so. If you have a little extra money or a little extra time, Uh, It's worth it because even though there were some dark times in TNA or Impact, I know I keep saying that, but I have to because it's the same company. Um, You should really check them out. They've got some really good stuff going on. And even though there's a lot of turmoil going on, there is good stuff. And I do see brighter days again for this company. And I think this pay-per-view is going to be the proof of that because what you're going to start seeing is you're going to start seeing guys slip through the WWE and AEW you know, cracks in the uh, sidewalk, so to speak, and they're going to end up here. And you just wait. Wait until Impact actually gets a good TV deal. I know they're on access right now, which is better than they've had in about five years since they left Spike. But if they get anywhere close to having, like, a Spike TV type of deal, watch out. I know that's a lot of wrestling, but it's worth it. So... You can check out this show and every one of our other shows, the Double Turn Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and the Anchor app. Uh, you can also check us out on our Instagram pages, the Double Turn Podcast, 
the one and only J-Man 19, Ross the Real Boss 85. Of course, as I said before, next show's Slammiversary Review Show and our Horror Show at Extreme Rules 2020 Review Show. Those are the next two shows for the Double Turn Podcast. So the J-Man, of course, will be joining us uh, for our next show, which would be the Horror Show Extreme Rules review show. He will not be joining us for the Slammiversary review show. I will do that solo as well. So until then, this has been the Double Turn Podcast. I am Boss Ross, and we will catch you on the flip side. Bye.